I don't know any, honestly, I don't know David Duke. Yeah, Trump needs to know before condemning David Duke or the KKK. Well, a few weeks back, Donald Trump got himself into some hot water when uh, he was asked about uh, support received from uh, KKK leader, former leader David Duke, and by the uh, white supremacist side of the political scale. He, of course, said he didn't know who David Duke was, but then later said, yes, he did, and that he disavowed uh, any Uh, support from David Duke or the KKK. Now, a lot of people are, uh, frankly, bewildered by the rise of Donald Trump uh, politically in the United States. But our next guest says that what he's doing is far from a unique phenomenon in American politics. Kelly Baker is a contributor to The Atlantic and uh, is a freelance writer. She's the author of the book Gossipal According to the Klan, and joins us uh, here this morning. Uh, nice to have you on our program, Kelly. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Tell me more about your your interest in and your research of the, the KKK in the U.S. Sure. Um, uh, this was a project that started out because I wanted to see how we get these white supremacists that pop up um, again and again in American history and to do a real clear case study of why they just don't want to seem to go away, right? Um, Part of what happens in the discussion of American politics is we kind of assume that we're over white supremacy and then we're really shocked (laughs) when the Klan appears again um, in the 1920s, in the 1950s and 60s, in the 1980s, and again today in um, 2016. And so what I wanted to do was sort of talk through how this happened in a particular historical time period and show that um, the language that they use and the political style they have has not gone away. Uh, give me, the kind of, oh, sure, go ahead. I was just going to say, give me a, an example of, of what was said then and what's being said now, how they're, sure. how they're um, similar. Yeah, so one of the things that I pointed out in the Atlantic piece is that the 1920s Klan, one of their main rallying cries that um, mobilized members was 100% Americanism. And when they were talking about 100% Americanism, uh, what they meant was a very particular form of Americanism that was limited to white Protestants, right? So when they used this, they were telling white Protestants, what we want to do is we want to return America to a place where white Protestants have the dominance. And so when I noticed that um, Trump's campaign slogan was Make America Great Again, I thought, well, that seems kind of similar um, to my historical subjects. We'll see what's happening here. And in this instance, it also feels like what Trump is doing when he talks about making America great again is signaling back to previous historical time periods where white Americans were more culturally and politically dominant, right? Saying there's a previous period where um, things worked out for us and now they don't. And so I see those resonances between the two. Uh, it, was, it seems to me that, that Trump made a huge blunder when he you know, said, I know nothing about David Duke, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, right. Why didn't he just come out and say, I mean, if, if he's that wily a politician, when right. he was asked the question, why didn't he just say, I want nothing to do with the, the Ku Klux Klan or what they believe in? Th- this thing went on for a day or so, and then finally he right. came out and said, what, you know, what you thought he was going to say in the first place. Well, and I think what it suggests to me anyway is that he knows that these white supremacist groups and far right groups are voters and he knows that they can vote for him. So part of this, I think, is a kind of wily political strategy to say, like, oh, I'm kind of for you, but I can't, my hands are tied, right? I'm eventually going to have to disavow you one way or another, but we're on the same page. I mean, it kind of feels like a wink to me um, in what he's doing here, which is why there was such a delayed disavowal. 
I'm curious about the uh, attitudes that existed in the U.S. in the times that you mentioned in the 20s and what exists today, because there's no question that Donald Trump has tapped into and is riding a wave of anger, uh, serious anger and uh, serious mistrust and frustration with uh, with government, and uh, he's he's uh, I guess seen as the outsider and, and all of that. What was going on in the twenties? Was it a similar thing? Well, what's interesting is in the twenties, the Klan was actually a huge supporter of government, right? That they wanted the nation to function in a certain way, um, so that they weren't angry about how government was functioning as much as they wanted it to function more to their needs. Um, and so what I see today is a frustration that maybe the government isn't working to the needs of white Americans, right, that some white Americans feel it this way. And so they want to kind of change or reverse time to get back to a previous period. So that, that is one of the kind of disjunctures where they were very much in support of the national government, where Trump, you can tell, is very much more antagonistic. Well, again, tap, tapping on that anger that exists, I think, mm-hmm. uh, across the nation, when you look at his... Uh, his demographics and where he's getting support from. It is really quite uh, stunning that he's getting it right across the board from, uh, right. you know, as, as he likes to say, uh, the educated, uh, the poorly educated, etc. Et Immigration is such a big, big part of this, and it was as it was back in the in the 20s. And, and, I mean, this is part of the, again, that kind of echo that I see there, is that one of the ways that the Klan was able to mobilize members in the 20s is to say what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of immigrants, right? Immigrants are dangerous, that um, dangerous to us, right? Dangerous to women was also part of their rhetoric, that they're dangerous to the structure um, and the governance of our country. And so if we can just kind of restrict immigration, right, everything will go back the way it was. Um, the way it was. And I think with Trump, you used to see a similar kind of impetus, right? Um, his focus on all we have to do is build a wall, right, yeah. um, at the border with Mexico, um, that uh, his speeches often focus on um, illegal immigrants who have harmed Americans, right? He has these stump speeches that he kind of goes through. Um, and so he's trying to show that kind of threat, um, though Trump, of course, too, is very nervous about Muslims, Um in a way that I think is um, indicative of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so that's part of the, the poll here, too, whereas the 1920s plan was much more concerned with Catholics, right? Um, so it tells you something about the shifting demographics of our country, that the threat of immigration changes so drastically between these groups. Uh, so the Klan in those days was, uh, they, were, they were worried about the Catholics and Jews. Yes. And Jews and African-Americans. African-Americans. Yeah. And I'm looking at a picture of a Klan rally in Washington, D.C. in uh, 1921. Uh, they're, they're openly marching. They've got their robes on. They're carrying the American flag, walking down the street. Yep. What, are they mostly, uh, do they, I mean, they don't do that anymore, right? They're, are they allowed to? So, um, so there are a couple issues that they have in doing this kind of protest um, in the contemporary period. One is that... Um, the Klan as a national organization, like it existed in the 20s, doesn't exist now. Mm-hmm. So what you have are smaller, fractured groups that label themselves Klan that don't actually have much to do with one another. 
Um, and so if you see a picture of a Klan rally now, right, if you go to Google and look this up, you're probably going to see not a lot of people, right, that would be white men and white women, that they'll have robes that are the white, the kind of archetypal white robes, robes that are more colorful, but it's much smaller, right, that their, their um, influence is much smaller and that their membership is remarkably smaller now. Um, it's also that, unsurprisingly, <laughs> folks aren't as apt to allow them permits, right, to right. Um, do these marches or these kinds of things might as they might have been in earlier time periods, right? You're not, the kind of bureaucracy helps us in this way, right? Somebody has to vet you before you can do these things. All right, Kelly, listen, we'll leave it there. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Kelly Baker is a writer for The Atlantic, uh, also a freelance writer. She's the author of the book Gospel According to the Klan. And uh, the title of her article in The Atlantic is Make America White Again? <laughs>